Greetings. Uh, if you're watching this podcast, it means that uh, your loved one has recently been arrested. Um, I'm sorry for the pain and uh, suffering that you're going through now with your loved one getting arrested. Uh, but I think the most important thing for you to do now is to just breathe and try and relax. Unless you're the one person in a million that actually functions better when they are totally in a state of panic and upset, anxious, uh, and feeling a great deal of trepidation, you're probably not going to be thinking clearly. Uh, and that only benefits everybody else that's in the system. So you need to breathe and just try and relax. Uh, if your loved one ultimately has a bond and you find out that they have a bond and you're in a state of panic and you go over to see the bondsman, the bondsman is in love with the fact that you are in a state of panic because it means that you're going to bring him a boatload of money, uh, you're not going to be thinking clearly and ultimately he's going to make a great deal of money. Uh, the criminal defense attorney that you go and see, if you uh, choose to see an attorney before you go and see the bondsman, that person is going to be happy to see you in a state of panic because they're going to charge you a great deal of money and you're going to run and get that money for them uh, without even thinking about uh, if that's ultimately what's in the best interest of your loved one or your family. The investigator who ultimately uh, swore the warrant and uh, is the person that arrested your son loves to see parents in a state of panic because those parents call up the investigator, they want to talk about things and in the end parents and loved ones end up um, providing unwittingly information to the investigator that ends up hurting the person that has been arrested. So my advice to you at this point is just to breathe. Um, yes, you're going to be calling uh, the jail uh, to find out some information on your son or your daughter, your husband or your wife, your loved one that's at the jail. You do not need to call the jail 100 times. The jail is not a hotel. There is no concierge. You cannot drop off anything for your loved one. Um, you can't communicate with medical people there at the jail if, in fact, your uh, loved one has a medical issue. Uh, but they're not going to take outside medications and take those medications to your uh, to your loved one. They're not going to be um, taking any lotions or special perfumes or special shoes to your loved ones at the jail. That's just not going to happen. It's not a hotel. It's a jail. You call the jail, you're only going to have one question for the jail. My advice to you, one question to the jail. That question is not going to be, what are the charges? What are the charges will only lead to the uh, person on the other end at the jail telling you what the charges are? Once they tell you what the charges are, trafficking and cocaine, armed robbery, then you're going to ask the next question. What does that charge entail? How much time is, is, my, is my loved one looking at? When they tell you what the charge entails, it always happens. Family members say, oh no, that couldn't have been my Johnny. Oh no, that couldn't have been my Michael. Don't even get into that pattern of conversation. Don't get into that cycle of um, uh, conversation with the person that is sitting at the jail who's answering your phone calls. You only have one question when you call the jail. And that question is, does my loved one have a bond? That's the only question. Do they have a bond? Once they say yes, they have a bond, the next question is, what type of bond and how much is that bond? <clears throat> if, in fact, the person at the jail says, no, 
your loved one does not have a bond. The next question you could ask is, is the judge going to set a bond or is somebody there at the jail going to set a bond? Um, based on the charges, the person may say no. If, if there's a, an immigration hold from Immigration uh, Customs Enforcement ICE, they may say no. If your loved one is on probation or parole, they may say no. Or they may say no for another reason. If no one's going here at the jail is going to set a bond, they have to wait until they go to court. If, in fact, your loved one does not have a bond um, and you're trying to get them out, your next step is to go and meet up with an attorney. We'll talk a little bit about how to select an attorney later on. Um, but if they say yes, um, yes, your loved one has a bond, it's a $25,000 bond. Bond is just basically something, whether it be money or property, um, personal property, real property, most of the time it's real property or cash, something that you post promising that your loved one while out um, on bond. It's something that you offer to the courts promising that your loved one will, will come back when they're supposed to come back, otherwise they can keep this. So if it's $25,000, uh, let's say the bond is $25,000 cash, you give them $25,000. Your loved one is walking around on bond. Basically what you say is, I pledge this $25,000 as a guarantee that my loved one will come back to court when directed to come back to court. Uh, and if in fact he doesn't, you get to keep the $25,000. That's basically what it means. But a bond is something that you pledge uh, or you give to the courts as a uh, promise that your loved one ultimately will come back to court when directed to come back to court. Four different types of bond. One is a signature bond. That's the simplest. Basically, the person signs um, signs a piece of paper saying, I will appear in court when directed to appear in court, and they're released. That's the signature bond. It doesn't really cost anybody any money. Uh, it's normally on uh, less serious cases, but they sign and they walk out. Property bond. You have a certain amount of equity in your property, and you, in fact, uh, post that equity in your property. A lien is placed against the property, and your loved one walks out. A cash bond is that exactly what it sounds like. You bring all cash, uh, you, you uh, drop it off there at the sheriff's office, and your loved one walks out of jail. Uh, the last, I think, the most frequent type of bond, uh, especially because a whole lot of people don't have $25,000 bond in a hole in their pocket, is going to be a bond through a bondsman. Bonds through a bondsman means the bondsman is normally going to post 88%, whereas you are posting like 12%. So if you have a, uh, for example, a $10,000 bond, you're normally going to pay the bondsman about uh, $12 or $1,300, and the bondsman is going to post the other $88, $8,700 in order to, um, in order to uh, guarantee that your loved one will appear in court. Of course, if the charges are dismissed shortly after your loved one is bought and out of jail, uh, the bondsman gets to keep his fee. His fee is the 12% that you posted for your loved one to come out of jail. And the bondsman is guaranteeing ultimately that your loved one will be in court. If they're not in court when they're directed to be in court, the bondsman has to hire uh, bounty hunters to go and, and hunt, hunt your child down and uh, bring back into custody so that the bondsman doesn't lose his 88% that he posted on your loved one's If your loved one has a bond uh, and, you love, and you know what the, what the bond amount is, the first question is, can you make a property bond? Can you make a property bond? Uh, what's going to be involved with a property bond? Well, uh, generally the sheriff's office um, 
where your loved one is being held is going to ask for you to bring two documents. The first document is going to be uh, some type of mortgage statement indicating uh, what the what what the amount owed on the property currently is. So if you missed one or two payments uh, and you are one or two payments behind, you're going to automatically have a problem with with, the, uh, with trying to post post your loved one out with property. You need to have a current tax statement indicating what the value of the property is and of course uh, now in 2010 a lot of people's properties have dropped in value but you need to have a current 2010 uh, in 2010 the current 2010 so I say 2010 but you need to have a current uh, tax uh, tax documents which will indicate what the value of your property is then you need to have another statement which is normally coming from your mortgage company if you have a mortgage on the property which would indicate how much um, is, is still owed on the property. The difference between the value of the property and ultimately what is owed on the property is equity in the property. In the county where I work, uh, just north of Atlanta, uh, the bonds uh, scheme is one for one. What's that mean? If your loved one has a $25,000 bond, uh, you own a property worth $125,000, you owe $95,000 on that property, you have $30,000 in equity, the bond is $25,000, you can sign your loved one out of jail on a property bond. As you go uh, further south in the state of Georgia, you might hit a two-for-one scheme or a three-for-one scheme. What does that mean? That means that uh, if, in fact, your loved one has a $25,000 bond, you have to post in a two-for-one scheme $50,000 or in a three-for-one $75,000 in order for your loved one to bond out of jail. Um, and so you're going to need to find out what the ultimate uh, property, what the, what the bonding scheme is in a particular county that you're in when your loved one has been arrested once you figure out, hey, I might try to make a uh, property bond. Uh, let's say you have no equity uh, in your property. A lot of people uh, during this economic times are upside down in their property. It means they owe $145,000, but every appraiser that comes out says that the property is at one hundred five. Well, you can't use a property bond. Um, you may not have the cash, uh, $25,000 in cash, if that's the bond amount to actually uh, post a, um, to post a, uh, a cash bond. Uh, and the charge may be a little bit too serious for your loved one to do a signature bond. Well, then you got to go see a bondsman. Um, you have a bond, so you won't necessarily have to go see the lawyer first. Uh, you can go and see uh, the bondsman first. Know this, every place is a little different, but generally, uh, if you're talking about $10,000 and under, the bondsman can charge you up to 10%, which means you have to bring $1,000 or a $10,000 bond. Uh, in order to pay the bondsman his fee, and he'll agree to go on the bond for an additional uh, ninety thousand, for additional nine thousand or ninety percent. Uh, generally, between uh, ten and uh, twenty thousand dollars, the bond bonding company may be able to charge up to fifteen thousand dollars and fifteen percent, fifteen percent. So, if you have a a, uh, a bond. That's in the amount of twelve thousand dollars. Just trying to come up with an easy number. Twelve thousand dollars. That would work out to be about uh, eighteen hundred dollars that you would have to post. If the bond is greater than twenty thousand dollars, there are many places that allow the bonding company to charge you up to twenty percent. Which means, if in fact 
the bond is $25,000, you might have to come up with $5,000 for the bondsman um, before the bondsman will agree to, um, to provide the other 80% uh, to go on your level. When you start talking about big bonds like that, I consider that a big bond. When you start talking about 25, 50, 75, and 100, it may be best for you to go and hire the attorney first. Let me tell you why. Let's say the bond is $50,000. On a $50,000 bond, going to a bondsman, uh, the bondsman can charge up to 20%, which is $10,000. $10,000 you're gonna give the bondsman. Let's say loved one gets arrested on Wednesday, you give the bondsman $10,000 on Thursday, your loved one walks out of the jail on Friday. Well, in between the time your loved one walks out of jail and the next court date, uh, there is no attorney working on the case. There's nobody working on the case. There is some important evidence that you might need, some witness statements, some videotape. There may be some important evidence that your loved one needs to defend himself, but nobody's working on the case because all the money was spent, all $10,000 was spent giving your loved one out of jail. Well, clearly, that becomes a very, very foolish move. If you're talking about a big bond like $50,000, you might want to consider hiring the attorney first. Let's say the attorney costs you $5,000 uh, to get started on the case. You go and you pay the lawyer $5,000, and the lawyer gets the $50,000 bond reduced down to $25,000, which happens all the time, every day. Well, if that happens, now the same 10000 that you were going to give to the bondsman in order to get your loved one out, that same 10000 can be used $5,000 to pay the lawyer, $5,000 to, to bind out your loved one, your loved one is out of jail, and your loved one has an attorney working on the case between the time that your loved one bonds out and the next court date. That's an ideal situation, uh, ultimately, for you to be in.